Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Chaffin Church Podcast. This is episode number 26, and as I'm so fond of saying, whenever I'm able to announce the episode number, they grow up so fast. Uh, it feels like, really, it does feel like just yesterday we were starting our, our first episode here. Um, if you hear a lawnmower going on in the background, that is my neighbor. Thank you, neighbor, for doing the lawnmower. And that is because I am recording in my home studio here, if you can, if you can see, if you're on, watching on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, I'm here. This is going to be uh, another solo episode. I, I recently had the chance to do a solo episode a few weeks back, and I recently uh, was informed by Marty that that was actually the first solo episode because I was thinking that he had done a solo episode somewhere further back, but that was actually our first solo episode. And so it is an honor for me to be able to do both our first and our second solo episodes. Marty is uh, pretty busy this week, so he wasn't able to join us, but uh, I just want to thank him for this opportunity to, to do this. Uh, it's a great creative outlet for me. Hopefully you guys uh, are learning some stuff and, and maybe getting just some ideas you're thinking about through the week. Or maybe maybe you even disagree with some of the stuff that I'm about to say. Uh, and, and hopefully that will be good fodder for your learning process and, and in your faith as well. All right. So, uh, and I just also wanted to name, this is going to be a shorter episode. I'm aiming for somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes. We'll see if I'm able to actually stick to that number. So um, just, just be aware of that as we go into it. So I just wanted to start today by talking about uh, something that I was thinking about the other day. I was actually talking with my, my father about uh, V-Day, V-Day 1945, which was uh, Victory Day for the Allies uh, at the end of World War II um, happened, I believe it was in May or June, was it, of 1945. Uh, World War II was officially declared ended with uh, the surrender of the Japanese Empire to the Allies. And uh, there was just like raucous celebrations, uh, you know, across uh, all the cities in the United States and, and, and in the UK as well. And um, it was kind of an epic day. There, there's actually this very famous photo of a sailor uh, kissing this woman. She was actually a dental assistant uh, in Times Square in New York City. You've probably seen it before, even if you didn't realize it was a photo that was taken on V-Day 1945. And um, so, so much, uh, you know, so much celebration happened on that day. And uh, my, my father and I were actually talking about how we can't wait to celebrate the end of the coronavirus pandemic. And, um, you know, not some fake celebration by some uh, political leader that's saying, just saying the virus is over when it's really not. Like the real deal, um, we can go to life as, as normal as possible. Uh, we, can, we can go into crowded spaces without masks and not, not fear something bad is going to happen uh, because the, the bulk of the pandemic is, is over. And so we're, we're hoping that there's going to be, you know, just these raucous celebrations. There's going to be feasting. You know, I think DJs are probably going to make fortunes just off of that, that week of, of celebrations, probably, uh, because everyone's going to want a DJ and there's going to be dancing and, and feasting and, and drinking and all, the, all those good things that, that God has created for us to do in celebration. So 
I just wanted to start by saying that I am really looking forward uh, to that day, the real celebration of the end of the coronavirus pandemic. I hope some of you are, are with me on that. I know there's this sort of sense of, um, you know, it's it's the end of September of 2021, if you're, if you're listening to this later. Right now, I feel like there's sort of this sense in our country of um, uh, everyone is sort of very disappointed by the the uh, uptick of the delta variant and how many problems it's been causing us after uh an incredible late spring uh, early summer uh, was was amazing in terms of numbers and uh many many people were unmasked and so many people were vaccinated and things were going well and then the delta variant popped up so uh, there's a lot going on, going on right now, and I know uh, some of you guys are, are sort of in this mode of thinking that, hey, will this ever end, right? Well, hopefully, you know, we, we know it will. We know it will eventually. Uh, life will return to normal. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's hard right now. I, I get it. It's hard right now. I'm, I'm in the same same boat with you. But I am looking forward to that to that celebration, like I said, of, of the end of this at at some point. Um, and that sort of relates to what we're, what we're, what I am wanting to talk about today on the podcast. Um, I used to have this seminary professor named Sung Chan Ra. It's a, it's a Korean name. It's spelled S-O-O-N-G hyphen C-H-A-N. So Sung Chan and then the word Ra, R-A-H is his last name. And, uh, Sung Chan, um, we, we call, just call him Sung Chan for short, um, he was like my favorite uh, seminary professor and i mean so much just wisdom and knowledge uh, in my life came from this this one person uh he's a really really excellent professor uh over at north park theological seminary and um one of one one thing that he had us do uh at the beginning of some classes is he had us do these these exercises that sort of seemed like very um, counterintuitive, or, or sometimes they they almost seem like scandalous at times, or something something like that to sort of just get us out of uh, you know these boxes, these Christian boxes we were we were thinking in. So so one day uh, he asked us to sort of. Um, start to categorize um, Christian music or, or, or sorry Christian worship songs that that we knew and the assignment was he wanted us to think of uh, modern day Christian worship songs or if we couldn't think of that hymns that were songs of mourning songs that um, sort of had this like dark, energy dark bent to the, like the lyrics and and maybe even the music behind it too is darker um and so we were we were kind of tasked with thinking of those things so he gave us all five minutes and put us into groups and it was so weird like we could not think of a single song like literally so this is a class of 30 people 30 christian people who listen to a lot of worship music and we as a group could not come up with a single song that had the main theme of mourning. You know, like some of the songs started out with like sort of this vague imagery like, oh, it's a, you know, uh, the, the storm or uh, the ocean waves or 
um, just just sort of um, you know just just the these pieces of imagery that maybe in one verse or in the bridge there's sort of this darker imagery but none of the songs like the choruses had this this theme of mourning to it and so uh, we actually spent the rest of the class talking about, hey, why is that? And and it was just such a good exercise. Such so I just want to um, as as we continue this talk today, I want you to think of uh, some songs that have the main theme of mourning. Okay, the main theme of mourning or lament or just just sort of uh, that that kind of darker kind of energy, um, like in the chorus in in the main thrust of the song. Um, so that's my challenge to you. Go ahead and try to think of those worship songs. And so, so some of the things that, that we had said were, were that um, the Christian music industry has been commercialized around um, celebration. And so, you know, in, in churches in the suburbs in particular, uh, the, uh, you have this trend of... Uh, people or people in the Christian music industry wanting to to help churches market their church better. And why do churches have to market themselves to other Christians? Because they're afraid at this point in 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 the history of the United States that if they don't market themselves well and have this very happy sort of service, that um, people will just drive to the next church over because, hey, that's a thing now. If we don't like a church, we can just drive, you know, five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes, and we could be at probably 50 different churches. You know, if we hop in our cars, our transportation system is such that we can get to pretty much any church that we want to. And so um, the Christian music industry has sort of paralleled the church industry and made these songs that are very sort of happy and and the thing okay we really want to avoid any sort of doom and gloom talk we don't really want to talk about um you know lament or anything like that either um in the songs and and so um so the christian music industry is sort of running parallel to uh the, the church industry church growth movement uh, of the you know the 20th century and into the 21st really century uh, in churches in the West, so so that was sort of the part of the reason that that um, was was given, but then we wanted to talk about why that was even a thing. Why why is that even a thing? Um, and so Sung Chan wrote this book called Prophetic Lament and. Uh, I would really encourage you buy this book, read it. It's a little bit thick at times, so so there is a little bit of a scholarly bent to it, but um, it's not it's not awful. Like I you know I I think um, look if you if you graduated high school, you are going to or have a GED, you're you're going to understand like 85, 90% of what uh, Sung Chan is saying. Get this book; it's definitely worth it. You can find it for really cheap. I think it's like. You can buy it used on Amazon for, for very, very cheap. And um, it's a really interesting book because it sort of flips things on its head. And and so so here's here's sort of um, what the, the point of the book is, is that the church has lost its ability to lament properly. The church has lost its ability 
to lament properly. And the reason that lament is important, and if you don't know what this word means, by the way, lament is sort of like this, this period of mourning something specific or, or basically like an imp a period of time where you are intentionally um, making room for you and for others in your community to be sad or disturbed or even even angry to go through a process of um, really taking in these emotions that that you are experiencing and um, and so that that's what lament means and so um, there's actually you know some Christians don't even know this some Christians don't even know this there there are there's an entire book in the Bible called lamentations so so when lament is a noun like what um a lament the plural of that word is lamentations so so um when when there are multiple lamentations when there is more than one lamentation there are lamentations and so this this book of lamentations is this prophet named jeremiah is just like pouring out his heart mostly to God but sometimes to uh, other people in his community but mostly to God um, about all the the evil and wrong in the world he's even lamenting a lot about things in his own life and at times he's even lamenting things that that on some level he believes that that God is is doing wrong. Maybe God's abandoning uh, him or, or others or something like that. And so there, there's so much uh, good material in there that, that can help us learn how to lament. But anyway, so the point of Sung Chan's book called, again, Prophetic Lament, is that um, the, in the church we have lost the ability to lament. We, we don't even remember how to do that anymore because it's been so many generations since uh, the church in the West has really even uh, attempted to do that. So let's let's think about, so before we go deeper into that, I just want, I just want to, to think about this for a second with you uh, to drive Sung Chan's point home. So when was the last time, uh, you know, in church, you remember a time, okay, and I, I'm going to edit this. When was there a church you remember in, in church where you remember a time not when somebody died, so so not not at a funeral or anything like that, where the church lamented something? Can you can you remember can you remember a time when, when that happened? I gotta tell you, you know, I I really can't. I, I struggle I struggle to remember a time where where almost any church I've ever been a part of really fully took the time to lament anything with the exception of uh, in, in seminary. In my seminary classes, we lamented a lot of things um, uh, together and, and uh, it was kind of just re some really epic moments there. But uh, so, so that's the point, right? You probably can't think, if you can think of, you know, one or a couple, you're probably in the minority, but that's probably only one or a couple. This is not something that the church does often, if at all, in the West. We don't, we don't lament things. And in many circles, sorry, mm. water. in many circles, it's, it is sort of tacitly believes, so under the surface, 
we sort of believe that because Jesus came, you know, and died and, and was buried and was resurrected, that um, we don't have to lament anymore. There's, there's no purpose for, for lament. But the scriptures actually make it clear that, that only when the kingdom is fully here, that's the time when the, you know, the time for lament is over, right? But before then, the time for lament is not over. And so, um, you know, just because Jesus, you know, was dead, buried, and resurrected, is that something to celebrate? Yes, and we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But that doesn't, you know, absolve our responsibility to to mourn with those who are mourning. Um, in in, you know, in or more or sorry, mourn with those who are mourning in our society, mourn with those who are mourning in our church community, um, even mourning the things in our own individual lives in our families. We don't even do that well. Really, the only time in Western culture where we take time to mourn is when somebody dies. And even that, it's compared to other cultures around the world, this is a very short uh, process. When someone dies, you know, there's there's a funeral and a wake typically, you know, um, and then it's it's sort of over. Sometimes your close friends will continue to talk about it if it's like your spouse or a child that has passed. Occasionally we'll go to counseling to talk about it, but for the most part, when a person dies, we we sort of are expected to move on in a very short amount of time. Uh, typically our churches, they might be involved again with the funeral and, and the wake, and, and very occasionally they might pray for you at church um, that Sunday, but but then, you know, the discussion is is sort of over. You know, there, there is no, uh, there's not a lot beyond that. So anyway, so that, that's sort of, sort of the point here, that the church has forgotten how to lament, and that even more insidious than that, on some level, we, we sort of believe that, you know, lamenting anything is is not necessary because of what Jesus did. And so these are are very very problematic attitudes. So and I just want to I just want to bring up uh, a couple things here. So um if you believe lamentation is is not is is unnecessary. If you believe that that's unnecessary. I just want to bring up a few examples here. So pretty much every Old Testament character, um every Old Testament prophet or or um, major major biblical character laments on a fairly regular basis. Like if you read the Old Testament through, I I want to say now I I don't I don't have the the exact numbers here, but I want to say fifth probably about fifty percent of it involves some sort of lament. There, there's there's something going on that's hard, and there are people lamenting and and. Um, that is a huge theme in the Old Testament. And so, and I know what some of you are thinking, okay, but that's the Old Testament. You know, that's before Jesus comes. Well, you know, that's not really uh, true either, you know, of the New Testament that that there's no, no lament. There is plenty of lament in the New Testament. And, um, you know, the, the, the prime example is the life of Jesus. There, Jesus regularly takes time 
to uh, to lament. You know, one of the most famous examples is when um, his his friend dies, Lazarus dies, and Jesus takes time to weep, and um, and 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 this is this is so interesting because the next thing that Jesus did was he he raised Lazarus from the dead, but Jesus still took time to lament, even though. He knew he, he was going to, to raise Lazarus from the dead. Right? Now think about that. Think about that. If you knew you were going to raise somebody from the dead, you know, the typical American sort of strategy would be something like, oh, oh, well, um, you know, he, this person's going to be raised from the dead anyway. So, so don't, don't, don't worry about it, guys. You know, we're, we're going we're gonna to raise this person from the dead and everything's going to be okay. But there's something that's so important about this process of taking the time to mourn and to lament that loss that Jesus still does it even though he knows that he's about to raise this person from the dead right so clearly you know lament is super important pretty much every time there's a prophetic moment in scripture that that prophetic moment is driven by lament. Every time Jesus challenges uh, the Pharisees or uh, teaches somebody something, he's addressing an issue that he's lamenting most of the time. Sometimes he's celebrating things, and again, we'll get into that a little bit later, but most of the time he's actually lamenting things, and especially, again, when it comes to uh, the Pharisees, who unfortunately uh, were, were at odds with Jesus a lot of the time. And um, so, so most of those most of those moments, those key moments of teaching, actually come out of moments of uh, lament that come on on Jesus' part. So, um, and and we could get into Paul. There's so much in Paul's life that that he laments. There's this thing called the thorn in his flesh that he oh, he laments that all the time. He talks about it a couple times, and then um, you know he was shipwrecked a couple times, and and he's bitten by snakes. He has this whole uh, uh, thing. Uh, you can you can look it up in 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 there in the New Testament that he talks about all the things that he he could he could be lamenting and is lamenting, and so. Um, yeah, go ahead and, and read all of that at some point. But the, the point is that just because Jesus is, you know, dead, buried, resurrected, doesn't mean that there aren't things to mourn, to lament, right? And when Americans skip lament, you know, there's got to be a reason why Americans skip lament. And, you know, we we talked about that in the class. And, and the, thing, the thing that I really think... Um, happens and please if if you could just shoot a comment over to us on YouTube or 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 on uh, the, the the podcast in a review tell us why you think Americans and and just the Western church struggles with lament I really want to hear it but here's here's my my uh, theory on this I think Americans in particular are obsessed with winning we're obsessed with winning we want to be on the winning side of things. And, um, you know, even, even the underdog story where, you know, we don't have to be on the winning side to begin with, we, the, the key point of the underdog story is that the underdog still comes back and wins in the end, right? Like basically every sports movie ever is, is, uh, about, you know, it's an underdog story and, um, 
at the end of the day. You know, maybe maybe Rocky, the first Rocky movie is a little bit different, but but other than that, you know, um, it's it's this it's this uh, underdog story where the, the the team or the or the individual wins at the end of the day. We are we are obsessed with that. Um, there has been this recent trend, I will say, in in some media, like um, there there's sort of this darker trend where sometimes the main character doesn't always win. And does, you know the best things don't always happen. One one show that I have greatly enjoyed, um, where you know no one is safe, and it it, it just sort of speaks to real life, um, even though it is a, totally a fiction, um, more so than 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 a lot of other um, films and shows that I've watched recently was Game of Thrones. Another one is The Walking Dead. You know, th these are these are shows like clearly their premise overall is fiction, but they sort of speak to to uh, this darkness that that real life has um, that that these other lighter, very light shows um, just can't provide because um, somehow those lighter shows don't don't connect with with real life. And so maybe maybe some of this is starting to turn. But I think for the most part, um, you know, America and, and Americans are obsessed with winning, and that philosophy has thoroughly infiltrated the church. We are absolutely obsessed with with winning, and um, and in the church, a lot of it is we're obsessed with God winning. You know, uh, and and so um, and that is why I think you know a lot of churches sort of sometimes uh, churches tend to align with political candidates and there's all this like um, prophetic language that they use about that particular um, candidate and so um, yeah so so you see this all over the place in uh, the church but here's the problem when when you don't lament when communities don't lament and when individuals don't lament we can't properly a process our emotions and b just just more pragmatically we can't properly call for justice without lament those are both things that jesus does really well if you look through the scriptures and you you talk to like psychologists some of these behaviors that jesus um is is showing are they are so good for for jesus his his mental health He's he's exhibiting um, these these traits that these these things that we need to do to be healthy. Jesus is doing all of them, but Jesus is also um, the biggest proponent of justice there ever was, and um, he lamented regularly. That's that's part of his calls for justice. Like I said, they almost always called, or they they almost always came from a place of lamenting some sort of injustice. Were there times he was celebrating something awesome that happened? Yes, but again, most of the time he is, um, he is lamenting something and uh, the, the, the prophetic moment, the teaching moment comes out of that. And so uh, that, that's something important to, to realize. So, um, all right, so, that has been super sort of um, what's the word for it? I don't know. It hasn't been super applicable yet. So let me let me let me get into this sort of application area here uh, for us. 
One thing that was said later in that very class I was talking about with Sung Chan, again, the guy who wrote this book, Prophetic Lament, please, please buy this book. It's incredible. And again, it's super cheap on Amazon. Go buy it. Read it, please. Um, one of the things he said later in that class that, that we were discussing earlier is he said, you can tell everything you need to know about a group of people by what they choose to lament and what they choose to celebrate. I'm going to say that again because it's it's just it's really epic. It's really important to to this to this idea. You can tell everything you need to know about a group of people by what they choose to lament and what they choose to celebrate. So I think that's such a profound truth that if you really look at what a group of people, you know, celebrates what they come together and what really like whenever they get together and they say, you know, somebody get me a DJ. What, what is that moment? What is that thing that causes a celebration uh, in, in, this, in this community? Is it only when people win at things? Is it, is it, uh, is it only when, um, you know, people make money? Uh, are we celebrating someone else failing, someone else getting hurt, someone else dying, perhaps at our hands? right? Some communities do celebrate those things quite often. Hey, we killed this person. Let's, let's celebrate that. This person's dead. Ah, right. So some communities are that messed up, right? Um, so, so, uh, but, but then, then there's this lament side of things. So when, when communities get together and lament, what does it mean when a community laments when someone is treated unjustly? When another, you know, person of color is is killed unjustly by by perhaps by an agent of the state, but but really by anyone, like when hate crimes are committed, are 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 we in our communities? Are we lamenting those things? Are we lamenting? Are we lamenting the right things? That's that's really that's really the question here. Are we lamenting the right things? And so. Um, you might be asking yourself, you might be asking Ryan, but what do you mean? There's so many things we could lament. There's so many things we could celebrate. Well, let me tell you what I think is sort of uh, the standard here. How, do, how we figure out what to celebrate, what to lament, and when. Um, so along with that statement, again, you can tell everything you need to know about a group of people by what they choose to lament and what they choose to celebrate. Along with that statement, I think I think we need to be asking ourselves um, these these two questions: What is God celebrating in your life, in your community? What is God celebrating? What like when you read the scriptures and you learn about who God is, and when you pray and you know God sort of uh, communicates with us more about how loving He is and 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 kind of how, how we, we believe God would would um, influence us on, on certain issues in our lives and in our community. What are the things that God is celebrating in, in our community and in our lives? Can we, can we answer that question? Do we know God well enough to, to sort of uh, answer those questions sometimes? That's question number one. Question number two is, what is God lamenting in your community and in your life? What are the things that God uh, is lamenting? And I just, I just want to, I want to say this again because uh, uh, it's something that I think a lot of people skip, 
and uh, I know I've already said it a bunch of times in this episode, but I just I just want to uh, hit this this is a, a home run. Um, make no mistake, God laments. God laments. He's not he is not detached from our suffering. Like the God of the Scriptures is a God who suffers with us. The God who sent his one and only begotten son to die on the cross, the most horrible and painful death for our sins and created a separation from the closest relationship there ever was between you know, God the Father and God the Son. And that, uh, that relationship was ruptured for a time. Like that, that is the, the ultimate uh, suffering, the ultimate suffering. And so God suffers alongside of humanity with us and and for us that that that's an important point but with us is another is another aspect of that suffering and so uh, so make no mistake god laments often and he laments deeply and he laments in a very real and and not artificial way god's not some you know used car salesman who um who you know, uh, you maybe you just got diagnosed with cancer, or um, you just got divorced, or um, you know, just some some horrible thing is happening in your life. You're just you're having a, a tough a tough moment, a tough time, and um, God is not up there with this plastic smile uh, <laughs> plastered across his face, right? No, he's down in the trenches with us. This is this is part of the incarnation. This is, this is what happened when Jesus came down in the flesh to earth because, you know, part, part of his mission here was, wasn't just to teach us. It was to suffer with us and for us. So I hope you don't miss that point that God, God laments uh, with us and he suffers with us. Um, and that's how we know he laments with us because he, he does suffer with us on, on a regular basis. So um, please, please keep that. Please keep that in mind. So again, these these two questions here: What is God celebrating? What is God lamenting? And so, um, if we can answer those two questions, um, even even if we can't answer them a hundred percent right, even if we only get fifty percent of it, guys, this will this idea will change our community. If we start to celebrate the things that God is celebrating and we start lamenting the things that God is lamenting, those things are going to motivate us to change so, so much. Because when we lament something, again, we, we already talked about this earlier, most of Jesus' prophetic moments happened because he was lamenting something. If we're lamenting the things that God is lamenting, we're going to be, we're going to have so much holy, holy spirit-filled motivation to to change our community, to change our lives, our personal lives, our families' lives, our the lives of everyone in our community will be will be changed, will be different. When we celebrate the things that God celebrates, that's going to be fuel. It's going to be rocket fuel for us to you know to know what we need to to do in the future to move on. When we when we celebrate something that is good. That process is going to be repeated. We're going to want to see that success again and again and again. And so uh, I hope we don't miss this, that there's this sort of 
holy alignment of of celebration and lament that we can do we can we can uh integrate the things that god is celebrating the things that god is lamenting into our own celebrations into our own lament like this is this is a huge part of our christian lives so so how do we how do we do that um I think, and I, I hate to just give like this blanket uh, Sunday school answer here because um, I know that the this answer has sort of been cheapened, and I am sorry. I am sorry if this sounds like uh, the 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 uh, typical Sunday school answer, but I really do think it's a good answer, and I'm going to tell you why it's a good answer. Um, the way we need to align our um, the, the things that we lament, the things that we celebrate with the things that God celebrates, the thing that, God's, that, that God laments, is through prayer. It's through prayer. It's through reading the scriptures. It's through Christian meditation. Basically, any Christian discipline that you can think of, whether you're doing that by yourself or you're doing it corporately in a group, those things typically exist those things that build our inner worlds and our inner lives you know in in Christ those things are are what help us to align our thoughts and our lives with with God's thoughts and what God wants for our lives and so uh, it's no different here the way we are going to learn to celebrate and the way we're going to learn to lament the things that God celebrates and God laments is we need to align ourselves with what God is celebrating and lamenting through prayer, through reading the scriptures, through Christian meditation, through um, getting out into nature. There's so through through solitude, through um, being involved in the church community through serving these are these are all uh, taking risks these are all Christian disciplines that that we can engage in and uh, align ourselves with um, the way things really really should be so um, I just want to read that um, I just want to read that that quote one more time from my seminary professor uh, because I think I think it's really important to remember. If you can remember one thing out of this podcast episode, this is it, people. This is it right here. So pay attention. You can tell everything you need to know about a group of people by what they choose to to lament and what they choose to celebrate. So if you can just remember that one phrase, right, and 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 start to to align those things with what what God is celebrating and lamenting, that is going to be huge for you. It's going to be huge for your community. And so, um, yeah, I just, I, I really hope and pray that, that we can, you know, take this idea uh, in, into ourselves, into our communities and, and start to uh, change things for the better. So, Boy, that was really preachy. I'm sorry if that was really preachy. I just, you know, this is something that I've actually preached on this before. Um, some of you may even remember it from uh, October of last year. I actually preached on this at Chaffin Church. So I'm sort of recycling material, but I know you guys haven't haven't heard it in about a year. So I figured it was okay to, uh, to recycle it. But it is something I'm passionate about. And so uh, hopefully we can, we can do this more uh, in, in the future. So uh, there's there's a couple things that I have here um, for for announcements, 
And, um, you know, I thought it might be a little bit disingenuous to do good news uh, during an episode about lament. So we're going to skip that for today. Uh, but, but here we go. We're going to talk about a, a few things here in the announcements that uh, Marty sent over to me. Um, first of all, I just want to apologize. If you have a birthday uh, this this week, I don't know about it because I'm not on Facebook. And so um, I just want to give sort of like a nameless happy birthday. If it's your birthday this week, have a happy birthday. We really do love you and uh, we want to celebrate with you, but we just don't know. So <laughs> uh, that's that's me announcing birthdays for this week. Okay, so here's here's something that's going to happen that is going to be really cool. And um, if you're listening to this podcast, we want you to know you're sort of an insider at, at Chaffin Church. You may not think of yourself as an insider. You may have never even darkened the door of Chaffin Church. You might even be from a different part of the country or from another country altogether because you're listening to this on a podcast. Uh, but that's okay. You are an insider at Chaffin Church. And so uh, this is kind of cool. On October 3rd, Sunday, October 3rd, we are opening up our new, our brand new, and, and when I say brand new, it's not even finished yet, our brand new worship center. Um, we, we took our um, sanctuary the way it was before, and we have sort of retrofitted it and, and made a, a bunch of changes to, to, to make it look and feel a little bit uh, different, a little bit updated, and uh, more, more comfortable, a little bit better for the way we're, we're doing things currently in the church. And so, uh, again, those changes will not be all finished by the time October 3rd rolls around. So this is sort of going to be an early access sort of thing. So uh, for a couple months here, we're going to be still finished making the uh, final, you know, the, the finishing touches to this. But we want to give everyone uh, early access. So we're going to be bringing people in. So every Sunday um, in October and thereafter, we're going to be... Uh, worshiping in this new worship center space that we have put together. So uh, October 3rd, that'll be the first week that we we uh, end up meeting there. And uh, this episode launches on the previous Sunday. So that is this coming Sunday for, for those of you who are uh, listening or um, who are uh, watching on YouTube during the week of the uh, 26th, 27th, um, that is this coming Sunday, October 3rd, we're meeting in the new worship center. So very exciting. And then we have another announcement and I don't have all the details in this one. So I just want to apologize, but you will be receiving an email with all of the details uh, at some point soon. Um, one thing that Chaffin Church has been known for in the past is having uh, Swedish suppers among, among other, other food-based events. But the Swedish suppers were really sort of like the height. This, this was like the holy grail of food-based events at Chaffin Church in the past. Because of the pandemic, we, we don't really feel like we can safely pull off a traditional Swedish supper where we would invite people into the church and have everyone there uh, sitting and, and eating and everything. So what we're going to do is have people come and pick up the Swedish dinners. They'll be, they'll be hot and ready to go uh, for you to take home and, and eat right away, or you can maybe put them in the fridge and eat them another day. But you can uh, do that. I believe, um, again, I, this, this is what I heard. I'm not sure if this is totally the case, but I believe the meals will be $10 a piece. And so uh, you can buy as many of them as you would like. But I can tell you um, 
being a person that has grown up uh, in a Swedish church, not Chaffin, um, the Swedish meatballs that some of these uh, recipes end up churning out are so, so good. And don't even get me started on Swedish meatballs. They don't even come from Sweden. We'll talk about that another day, perhaps. But they are one of God's greatest creations on, on this earth. Swedish meatballs, you got to have them, got to try them. Please, please, please uh, come to the Swedish meatball supper, order some food, and um, go ahead and enjoy that with your friends and your family. All right, that's all the announcements we have for today, and I think that's all for this episode. Uh, please rate and subscribe the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast provider you can think of. We're also on YouTube. I know some of you are probably watching this there or on our website at chaffin.church is the other place you can watch it. And so, yeah, please rate and subscribe us in all of those places. Leave a comment as well, please. We'd love to engage with you. If you want to see an episode on something in particular, you want to see Marty and I um, eating spicy wings or something, something epic like that uh, while we're doing the podcast, please let us know. We, we can do something creative like that. Uh, so, so please, please do that. Also, um, the uh, Chaffin Church as an organization is the one who puts on this podcast and uh, we are not able to do everything that we do without the generosity of our givers and our subscribers. So please, if you if you feel like you got something out of this podcast uh, and you maybe have a few dollars to give, please uh, hop on chaffin.church slash giving or text any dollar amount to 84321 and uh, give to what God is doing here at Chaffin Church. Uh, we would love it. Uh, it helps us do everything we do here again. Just And one of those things is this podcast. Again, that's made possible by donors like you. Oh, and please don't forget, all of those donations are fully tax deductible, which is pretty cool. So, all right, that's all we have for today. Thanks so much for joining us. That's your good news. Now go and give some out.